Hello everyone, welcome to Happens and Streets with Baba and Queen. Hello! So today we have a special guest with us in the person of a Mercedes engineer. And honestly, I think we're about to have the best time. Best conversations, like he's very technical. So we are expecting him to answer some of our, you know, very deep wind tunnel-like questions. Wink, wink. <laughs> Anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode. As much as we always do. Thanks so, for joining us, Marco. Yes, it's an honor. And just so you guys know, I am fully wrapped in Mercedes mm. match today. Some people it's are like, not. You always try to treat me like a traitor. You know? <laughs> because she is. Okay, to be for fair, what? who are you? Who are you? Okay, true. I am the traitor today. Sorry. Mm, <laughs> yes. Ferrari. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Marco did an internship at Ferrari. I don't know if you want to talk to us about like, yeah, your, yeah, for sure, um, your path, your path. Yes, yes. yeah. So um, at the at the time when when effectively my um, career in the automotive and motorsport industry started, uh, I was uh, almost at the end of my bachelor, and I, I was looking for opportunities to uh, effectively see what the um, you know what having a job was like from the inside. Um, in Italy, this is not very common uh, for people to um, go on internships before uh, finishing their degrees. Um, so it's sort of like, it, w- it was kind of like difficult for me to, to get something. Um, and like, uh, you know, other companies that I spoke with did not really like the idea of, uh, of having like uh, someone that had not finished uni doing some engineering work. Uh, but I was uh, very lucky um, that, you know, there was someone working there, like in my family network. And, uh, you know, I had a few interviews and then uh, and then like the, the internship lasted like uh, nine months to one year. Uh, and I was uh, working uh, with um, uh, with the uh, aerodynamics team uh, that was converting uh, the normal roadsters on for um, for use at the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked on the 488 challenge, and that was effectively my first project on a sort of like uh, motorsport-like car. Um, my boss at the time is this is really funny. My boss at the time um, was uh, Enrico Cardile, uh, which then ended up being uh, brought into the uh, Formula One side. Uh, so like uh, you know both of us ended like uh, on that on that uh, doing you know uh, proper Formula One cars like yeah. so it was it was quite fun <laughs> guys <laughs> he, has, moment. he has touched Formula One cars queen can you yeah. Okay, so before we get into it, we are going to ask you, as per our oh, culture... You, you know I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> okay. Per our culture, um, we'll ask you the day you were born, and then you give us um, the day, and then we christen you on the show. <laughs> well, uh, I was born on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Guys, we have a Kweku. Kweku! Yes. So, so, yeah, we'll just get into it. So, I think you've spoken a bit about f- being in Ferrari. Yeah. How did you get to Mercedes? Um, I'm assuming that's the first. Um, yeah, team. yeah. So, yeah. So, this is like uh, this is quite a funny story because um, um, I've um, as I was working 
uh, for Ferrari. Uh, I I was also like uh, seeking sort of like uh, opportunities to go study abroad, and um, and I was uh, really lucky lucky enough to be uh, sort of like invited for um, for a master at Imperial College. Uh, so I effectively left um, left Italy, came to the UK, uh, and midway through the course, it must have been like uh, early January, uh, I was chatting with some of my friends, and they were, you know, asking me, you know, what I was going to do next because uh, most of them had already some sort of like jobs lined up, and um, and I remember like feeling a bit lost because. Uh, uh, Again, I did not realize that like um, things in the UK were moving, um, you know, so far ahead of time when it came to, uh, you know, finding employment for uh, for the year after, you know, your um, your last year of uni, and um, and I was like, uh, you know, a, a bit panicking, and uh, and I started um, looking around for opportunities, and I opened my inbox, and there was an email from the career service of the university and and the first email had like uh, uh, Mercedes uh, graduate aerodynamist aerodynamicist uh, wow. and, and a job description and I was like I might as well try <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. and the uh, um, yeah and then and then Not a bit me like checking uh, the my inbox Mercedes uh, the rest is history, yeah. Yeah. And you t- you've spoken about your bachelor's. So what exactly was your bachelor's in and yeah. your master's as well? So I studied aerospace engineering uh, in Italy. And uh, at, this was like at the University of Padua. So like a fairly big city close to Venice. Um, and uh, and then I studied uh, aeronautical engineering uh, here Did in the Did you UK. hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Please, allow me. I will work in Mercedes. Mark me. <laughs> and when you talk about like all these like engineering fields, I mean, it's aeronautics, aerospace, are there other areas of engineering or fields in engineering that you think um, people need to know about? Where are they? you know, hotspots that people are likely to get into, like, an F1 team through? Well, like, uh, the, in reality, it's a bit like, um, it's a bit like the, the actual specialization. I don't think it really matters mm. uh, because uh, uh, for, for a couple of reasons, like, uh, number one, like, uh, the motorsports company now are uh, pretty like large organizations uh, so like uh, even though you're specialized in something else uh, you will always find like um, your you know your gap or like an opportunity that you know would fit like uh, your skills mm-hmm. uh, and at the and the second reason is that like uh, what matters the most is uh, how well you understand the uh, ba- basic concepts um, or like basic ideas um, that are common across all areas of engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like how well you understand like dynamical systems, how well you understand um, control, like uh, control policies and and like how well you understand uh, how to bring a product together uh, with other people. Um, so like all of these uh, are sort of like skills that you learn, I think, uh, pretty much in any university um, degree that is uh, engineering related. Uh, and then like uh, the, yeah, 
and then and then obviously the specialization is something that like uh, you can you can add on top of it okay so for someone like me i want to be a strategist so what do i need to do where do i go from here (laughs) okay imagine i hadn't gone to uni yet and i wanted to be a strategist Mm -hmm. what course would i have probably done um i mean like strategy today is um um is um, like like there, there there are there are a couple of aspects that um that obviously like you need to be working on uh, one one of them you need to effectively start thinking a lot about how would you collect and use data from the track uh so you know for instance like uh, some interesting projects that you could be trying to work on if you want to like learn what like uh, you know people in strategy do would be to um you know like maybe see what publicly available data there is on uh, all things formula one whether that is like uh, you know driver rankings whether that is uh, um whether it is like open Formula One data, whether that is maybe Formula One onboards, and then try to come up with ideas and projects that you could, um, that you could, for instance, like um, develop on, and 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 then like uh, the second side of it is like, what do you do with that information? So like, um, I think these are the two interesting, um, you know, things that strategists do today. So. Um, they they need to be really good at like collecting information and packaging them in a way that um, would be like uh, you know would bring insight to you know the decision makers in the team. Hmm, I'm thinking masters in data science. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that before. Actually. Should we do it? You want to be Ferrari strategist? <laughs> yeah, Ferrari needs me. I think that I agree. Ferrari needs a Hannah. <laughs> And um, I think the first time we spoke to you, you were in the office on yeah. a Sunday. Yes, yeah, so it was a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And you were behind all these screens and stuff. Can you walk us through a day in your life? Yes. And, um, you know, what you do with those screens? Um, what what exactly you do in the office? Yeah. Okay, um, so like it's very very vague question. Uh, so let's say <laughs> let, let's say let's say let's say it's a Monday. Um, these days, like uh, I would walk uh, into the you know the off- my office today is like uh, based at the same building, um, and you know I would obviously get a coffee first thing first. Like, uh, <laughs> very necessary and then, coffee. And exactly, yeah, it starts uh, starts the day like in the right way for an Italian. And then, and then, like um, I, we are, depending on like what the program is of the day. So, for instance, if we have like uh, tests booked, um, I would sort of like um, consult with the rest of my team as to like uh, whether we are ready for the test or there is some more work that needs to be done before the drivers arrives. Um, we normally get in one or two hours um, earlier than the driver. Uh, so, like uh, if we have an important test. Uh, I would be in like 7 a.m. Uh, if not earlier, and and then the rest of the team would maybe like arrive like uh, one or two hours um, later. Uh, it's just like uh, you know, depending on like who does the preparation and who, who builds you know the model for that day. For instance, there these are like the few things that I do very early on, and then as the day progresses, like uh, we effectively make sure that. Uh, 
from a numerical perspective, everything on the uh, on the simulation side um, is uh, you know as it should be, and the driver is driving the model that we actually want him to drive. Uh, and then obviously there is the side of data analysis, feed, feedback, collecting the feedback from the driver and preparing for the day after. Um, so this is like uh, this is like a, you know like a, what we do on a testing day. And yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. But I hate drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about drivers, yeah. Can you tell us all the drivers you've met and yeah. you know work with? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, I've been working a lot with the uh, Formula E team recently, mm-hmm. um, and um, and the, the yeah, we actually um, finished the, the, their season finished like uh, this August, and uh, up to up to the very last uh, minute, um, like uh, we we were having like uh, some you know uh, days in the same with like uh, both Nick and Stoffel. As well, make the V's, guys. Yeah. <laughs> as well, as well as uh, as well as like um, you know some of the uh, younger British drivers that uh, sometimes help us collecting data mm-hmm. when uh, when the um, when the team drivers are uh, you know at the track. Yeah. Uh, so we we used to do this both for like for Nai and obviously we we do it for for on the F one side too. So like uh, you, you, we always uh, have. Um, sort of like a, 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 a big number of drivers that we rotate so that we make sure that we we try to be as thorough as possible when we um, when we when we try to effectively build the car for the next years we kind of want to collect like feedback from you know different sources as you do to to make sure that um, you know it's doing exactly what we want and it's, and it's not maybe like um, skewed towards like one driver rather than the other too much so that's that's why it's important so essentially the simulator looks like the the game right where you have the seats and the actual steering wheel well yeah so, it's uh, it's it's uh, it, it kind of like a, the, the the it's the same idea of like a, a home simulator mm-hmm. but it's uh, i would say 10 or 15 times bigger Mm-hmm. And and the like uh, you know it moves around so that like uh, the the driver can inside the cockpit can experience the same sort of like cues that it would uh, it would have on the actual car um, and um, and and the difference from a like game to like effectively the game that we build is that um, our game is like constantly up to date. Uh, um, with the data that we collect from from track yeah. and from uh, you know the the development, so we try to add like features all the time that makes this make the simulation more realistic or like uh, um, or maybe or maybe we decide sometimes to simplify things a little bit to make other effects stand out. So it's um, is that kind of thing. So we have a lot of control over what you know. What, what things the drivers interact with. Okay, and has there ever been a time where you have sort of um, put together a model that hasn't worked the way it's supposed to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, pl- plenty, plenty of times. Because, um, uh, like, uh, the thing that uh, we, like, uh, like, 
the thing that you need to understand is that like uh, these uh, these uh, simulations are built by like obviously a lot of people and um and therefore like uh, it's difficult to find someone who is like an expert on on every single thing um so you always need you know to like revise and make sure that like uh, uh, everything is uh, you know done in order uh, i can give you like uh, a lot of it, like a f- i can give you a few numbers maybe it's interesting so like uh, at, at any moment in time when we run the car uh, both at the track and in the simulator um, the, the two environments we actually try to make as similar as possible but we do collect more than 4,000 signals from the car mm, at wow. all times so like uh, obviously no single person can you know have eyes on all those all those thousands of channels so uh, we do have systems that help us like uh, you know making sure that there is um, the, an alignment between what we hope to see and what we are recording and measuring uh, but each and each one like this these channels are only the ones that we decide to you know record then underneath it like the the car itself is made of like thousands and thousands and thousands of parameters on like literally anything so uh you know if you're trying for instance to uh, model the air of the car the air of the car will have big maps uh made with like uh, thousands of parameters which then they translate into the aerodynamic forces on the car in the model. So, like, uh, of course, there have been, like, tons of instances where, like, uh, you know, some of these parameters were wrong and, and you know, sometimes it's difficult to, you know, you, you, you have some outputs that are not real, really, like, what you need to debug it. So, like, it takes, it takes sometimes a little time to understand what, what went wrong. But uh, I think we are getting really, you know, we are really good at that. <laughs> wow. So That's this, like an overload of information all the time. I think I'll really have to listen to, to this yeah. episode. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it no, a lot of times. Like uh, some some funny things that happened before, like which are um, really like common. Like uh, it's um, you know when sometimes um, uh, sometimes we go to track and like we have like uh, wind measurements that come back in you know kilometers per hour, but then like our car is all modeled with like uh, you know. Uh, SI units mm. uh, and obviously like uh, you know it has happened before to put like uh, you know too much wind in the simulation or maybe the wind from the different direction or like uh, or all sorts of things really like uh, you know and you know make it rain when it's not raining or <laughs> like uh, those kind, kind of things and when it comes to simulation in relation to the new regulation how yeah. did that work for you um, or against in, you <laughs> in terms of you know trying to figure out like what the, the regulations mean did it even affect you in any ways did you have to change a lot of things when it comes to um, the simulation itself uh, well yeah like the like yeah I mean like a car is always a car right so like uh, the basics remain the same but Obviously, like uh, as I was saying, like we try to be really precise with uh, what we uh, with what we model. So, like uh, when when you have, for instance, a different um, suspension system, like all the parameters that describe your suspension, or sometimes the model itself will have will have to change to uh, effectively represent uh, represent the new the new layout and of the yeah. new car. So, yeah, it's effectively a 
translation uh, that needs to happen every time there is a big jump in the regulations okay. and actually how do wind tunnels work yeah. in my mind i feel like it is this big vortex and then you put the car into it and just like press some things and watch how the car reacts in that vortex but really it's in my mind yeah. i don't know <laughs> no a, vo- a vortex would be really bad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the um, so effectively it's almost like uh, so there, there are different types of wind tunnels um, and uh, some of them are obviously like um, you know more like for small scale projects so they they normally are divided in like open like they're as in broad classification of wind tunnels is like there are the open section ones uh, closed section ones and also like in terms of like uh, if they have if they are effectively just a pipe or more like a torus, you know? So like uh, the, um, our, our wind tunnel, for instance, like the more modern ones are all, uh, have all a toroidal shape. And then on one side of this uh, torus, you have like the control section, which is where you take all your measurements. Whereas on the other side of the torus, you have the, uh, a big fan. So this, <laughs> uh, this fan pushes the air and then you, you before it, it's the, it is whatever you put in the control section. So for instance, let's say it's like a, a, a car model, uh, you, you would try to regularize the flow as much as possible because what you're trying to represent is uh, like the incoming airstream on a car which is not a vortex, but it's like effectively as much of a like constant, you know, you know, imagine it as like, you know, very fast wind. Mm. Um, and then, and that, and then, you know, like you take all the, your measurements on, on the car parts and these kind of things. Okay. So follow up question, right? Obviously we all know about the whole cost cap issue and how Red Bull is going to get reduced time yeah. in um, the wind tunnel. How important is it for the development of the car? Um, well, it, I mean, it depends on how good Red Bull's ideas are, like when they when they go testing in a wind tunnel, right? So yeah, you can imagine like uh, it's, it's effectively um, every time you bring a part to the wind tunnel, you have the you have two outcomes, right? Either it stays on the car or it doesn't stay on the car. So normally, if it's uh, if it produces downforce and drag in a sort of efficient way, it will stay on the car, right? So if you you can imagine, and and then obviously like um, and then obviously if it's not efficient, uh, you you don't you don't leave it. So if you have more attempts, uh, you know, for for the same um, for like for, multi- for more attempts per week. You know, potentially you have more attempts to put a good part on the car. Uh, so it really comes down to like uh, effectively how big the jump between the parts is and how many attempts at this you have. So if uh, if uh, if uh, your aerodynamicists are no better than like let's say uh, you know like uh, I don't know a monkey designing a part. 
you know, you for every for let's say that for every test you have like fifty percent chances that either it stays or it doesn't stay. Uh, well, a monkey would probably do a lot worse than that because because the design is optimized. But like you know, I'm obviously over simplifying things. Um, but if you have fifty fifty chance that a part stays on, and and that one one every two attempts you have like maybe plus one point of uh, of downforce that's that's what we call like uh, small uh, units of downforce uh, so if, if you know you can imagine that like uh, if uh, they have you know five tests per week less that would be two points per week less downforce which then translates over like uh, you know over a month in like uh, you know eight to ten less points and over two months like uh, 20 30 you know so and and it goes on and like and it builds up and and then you have the um time sensitivity to to those like uh, points uh which for downforce and drag is quite high so uh, you would say that like uh, if you if you for instance are missing i don't know like uh, uh five to seven points that could be like uh, you know um, a tenth, like wow. uh, you know at, at at a certain at a certain track. So uh, you can imagine that if uh, if if they're well if if they end up missing a lot of those, like uh, then then that would have a big effect. Wow. Okay. Then maybe they were punished a bit well now. <laughs> now I understand this. I think I was a bit angry, but okay. Yeah. Um. So another question is um on your work-life balance and yeah. like we mentioned you were in the office on on, on a, a sunday, sunday. <laughs> i mean it was a race weekend so um how does that work for you in terms of like being an engineer a performance and simulation engineer mm-hmm. how is work-life balance for you being in the factory i mean like uh, i think i think like uh, for me like uh, work-life balance almost does not exist but it's uh <laughs> Uh, I, I I don't really see I don't really see that way I think um, I think like I like I want to be great at what I do and uh, and I don't mind I don't mind like uh, having like uh, you know uh, F one or work like taking up like uh, you know bigger chunks of time that maybe other people would be okay with uh, is is just a matter of like uh, you know knowing that like uh, I need to be like on the edge of what I can do for for the longest amount of time that is sustainable and that like uh, brings me sort of like happiness so uh, I don't mind like uh, working like long hours weekends and this kind of things guys this is key right because he said sustainable (laughs) yes that's that's all I wanted to say (laughs) when you love your job it's not your job Yeah. Anyway, we are Drive to Survive Gerdies and we know maybe you've not had to watch it as much as we do because you live the life. Yes. <laughs> um, but we just wanted to ask a question we ask most of our guests as well. Like, how do you think it has impacted the sport? And, you know, has it brought you, you know, any luck? Do people recognize the work you do a bit more because of just how popular it has become. You know, there are some people who said they are getting more hits on dating sites. <laughs> because, I mean, now everyone is looking for F1 people, no? So, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know about success on, like, dating apps. But, <laughs> um, but what I can say is that um, the... Um, 
like sometimes we we have guests coming to the factory to effectively like have tours and um, you know maybe visit like facilities like the simulator mm-hmm. um, and like uh, I definitely noticed that over the you know last uh, two or three years the sort of like level of engagement of these people on tours is uh, sort of like growing and they tend to ask like better question as is as almost as if like uh, they are sort of like more informed as mm-hmm. to what is going on um so and this is like you know just my personal experience but the obviously also talking with other members of the team that are more on the sort of like marketing side um so they obviously have more sort of like you know their fingers on the um you know what the you know people generally recognize and uh, respond to uh the addicts they we have we all believe that like uh, the show has been um you know really good in like uh, focusing the attention on like you know life of uh, you know life of people in f1 uh, effectively dramatizing you know like uh, some of the dramatizing guys uh, some, of the things, some of the things that we do yeah yeah <laughs> And speaking about Mercedes as a team, how has it been for you being in the team, um, working with other people? You mentioned people in yeah. marketing. Yeah. Um, how how is it like? What's the team dynamic like? Um, I mean, like uh, to be honest, is like uh, it's been really good. Uh, the um, like obviously I've been there now for uh, for a fairly like long time, and I wouldn't have you know stayed that long uh, if uh, you know if the people around not being you know pushing me to yeah. you know to do the absolute best like uh, every day because that that's something that i like and yeah over like over this period i met like uh, some great friends um that you know like uh, you know are, are really able to like uh, you know make me smile when when like uh, you know after after the end of a long day mm-hmm. and you know like um, because as you as you asked earlier like you know like uh, how many hours do you work and you know like do you have a work life balance like this is only achievable for for like us if you really spend like time with your friends so it's not like uh, mm-hmm. i don't see going to work as like uh, oh you know like uh, this is just another job where i turn up and you know i have to press some buttons on a keyboard <laughs> uh, is is more like uh, you know i'm gonna go see my friends today like wow. maybe maybe we are building something cool maybe <laughs> Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe we are breaking Queen, something. You, you make know? life better. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. I do go to your desk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's really nice. Yeah, I can imagine being in such an environment. And I have also seen on like LinkedIn, you have people come in to speak to you. Like you have speakers coming. I saw Naomi Chef, who I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to see that you have that. And even on your LinkedIn as well, you have a vast network in terms of um, fellow colleagues um, that, that follow yeah. you as well. So that's that's really nice. And when it comes to um, F1 itself, mm-hmm. do you have any favorite tracks or, first of all, favorite track yeah. or circuits that you've worked on yeah. or you visited? Yeah. And secondly, the, the engines... Yeah. or cars like yes. favorite cars era of cars yeah yeah well um so like uh, in terms of tracks i think the like uh, one of my absolute favorites is probably baku 
Really? Yeah. Magic butts and buckles? Is yeah. No, it's um, it's because like um, um, I like apart from the fact that I really like the scenery of the circuit, like it, it's really nice when there is that transition uh, where you go from like a you know very very fast uh, you know first uh, first sector into then the um you know the old town i think that's uh, that's uh, that's a beautiful um that's a beautiful sort of like um you know circuit and overall city circuits are like you know i i like them more because i think it's more interesting when you bring the sport into you know you bring the sport into people's life rather than rather than you know like going on a old airfield uh, or something like that, and then you know racing around there, um, and and then I I have like I've, I went to visit the track and and the uh, at the GP in I think it was 2019 uh, with a with a very good friend of mine and like uh, you know this was like uh, really at the trip of a lifetime so like uh, trip of a lifetime so like yeah <laughs> so that was uh, that has to be like you know favorite and personal favorite. Yeah, and then the era of cars. Um, well, I do. I I think like uh, I think lots of people like would answer this question like looking at um, you know looking at like you know um, like oh like legendary things that have happened in the past. For me, like uh, I think what we are doing today has a completely different level of like um, you know maybe we have less freedom from a regulation point of view, uh, but there is. You know, so much more going on, like uh, from from every single area of the car. You know, from the electronics and controls to the um, aerodynamics uh, to the uh, vehicle dynamics studies that goes into the car. So you know, it's always going to be the next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, makes sense. And then considering like the atmosphere within the team, from yeah. you know always winning everything yeah. for like the past eight years to this yeah. year. Has anything changed? Has there like been more of a build-up of fever? Like we need to win this again. You yeah. know, what's the atmosphere like? Um, well, I mean, like things change all the time, right? Like uh, an organization in the end is just like uh, you know a living being. So um, obviously, like uh, you know, winning everything all the time is uh, kind of like uh, a very unstable position. Um, and like uh, I think. I think it will be good. It, it like what like what happened this year was always going to happen mm. uh, at some point. Uh, but I think it's uh, good that the team is going through like uh, you know some let's call it, let's call them like uh, up and ups and downs mm -hmm. um, because uh, because hopefully like uh, you know things will be corrected in time and um, and we can have like a much you know brighter future rather than. You know, maybe keep keep winning until one day you don't win anymore, and then you know uh, the organization cannot sort of respond, and uh, you know just a bit like uh, it happened in the old days with some of the other teams. Mm -hmm. What like what you want is like maybe have an year like we like we are having now, where you're not really that competitive, but you know you're not too far away, and then like uh, hope, hopefully like being you know back on it like uh, the next year. So like uh, yeah. so I I'm hoping that that's uh, that's what that sounds very hopeful because yeah. I think I was listening to um I think it was Mike Elliott and he was saying that 
you guys know what's wrong with the car so you're just waiting like it's just a <laughs> fundamental flaw that can be corrected for next year because it was too late to change it this year like if that's the case that means you guys are very pumped up because you're just waiting yeah i mean like the i'm not gonna go yes, into give like, away that's <laughs> I'm not going to say we'll like, wait for the surprise but, yeah. <laughs> I don't want Mike to turn up uh, on Monday in my office and say hey what are you talking, what are you talking about um, no uh, I think um, jokes aside um, I think he's right uh, like uh, we kind of knew uh, from very early on like uh, what uh, uh, what the problems were um, and obviously like uh, you know like we'll do our best to fix them it's obviously like uh, you know, like, it's a sport, so, like, uh, you, you know, like, you also have to hope that, like, whilst you're fixing something, other people in other teams don't find, like, uh, some other ways to be even faster, so, yeah. um, you know, it's uh, it's effectively, like, um, you know, you, you, there is you and there are your competitors, so everyone is doing their best to win, so we do the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of leadership, um, yeah. and you know, Mike Elliott and whoever you work with, you can mention names. We don't <laughs> mind. Just drop the names in there. But how has it been like working under Toto? Toto! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think he's, uh, he's a really a really um, great role model. Um, he, he, he used to spend like uh, a lot of time at the factory, um, especially especially before covid um and he and I, I remember like he, he was like uh, always around till like uh, you know fairly late hours and uh, always very open to um to chat with anyone from the team um and i and you know sort of like giving the impression that like uh, he was always very open for uh for feedback and you know sort of like listening to what the problems are and like uh, what are we doing to fix them and I think that is um, something that like resonated with me in the sense that like I I think you know that's what like uh, you know a leader is supposed to be um, or well supposed to do uh, so um, you know just be in the middle of the action uh, always very like open to you know suggestions and uh, looking to you know support um your team as you, as as they're building things yeah yeah i think we've asked most of our questions yes so shall we get to the fun part <laughs> we skip to the good part oh! <laughs> i'm worried i'm worried <laughs> um, so we are going to have the language session language session <laughs> I mean, we spoke a lot about offline, about okay. culture and what tree is and what Ghanaian language is. So we mm-hmm. are going to try and get you to say a few phrases okay. just to test your tree. And then afterwards, you can teach us some Italian. Hmm. We know Grazi Mille. Grazi 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 that sounds very wrong. No, Vettel says it's always right. No, you are butchering the... Okay, I'll get the accents later. Okay, so, first thing you're going to say is listen to hairpins and straights. So, okay. hairpins and straights doesn't change. Okay. <laughs> but listen is muntier. Okay. So, muntier, hairpins and straights. Muntier, hairpins and straights. No, that's good. Yes, 
Should we continue? Let's try. Let's give him another one. <laughs> so, next part is my name is. Uh-huh. So you say my name is Marco and yeah. listen to. Okay. You break it down. So, Tell him the first part first. Yefremi, Marco. Okay. Yefremi, Marco, Montier, Erpinson's right. Okay, so this time okay. say Kweku, say your Ghanaian name. Your friend is Kweku. Muntie My name is. Ah, okay, yes. okay. Your friend is Kweku, Muntie, Erpins, and Strays. We have a winner! <laughs> Amazing. This was really good. Yes, this okay, now really it's our turn. <laughs> I know I'll not be that good. You can so, tell us something. Oh, listen. Um, well, you are just listening to everything. Italian. So, Italian, you said? Um. I'm scared. Well, uh, would you want something like Formula One related, maybe? Yeah, but don't like make it too uh, like difficult. Some, uh, <laughs> wow, we're bigger with a choice. Uh, like uh, like some phrases, like uh, like uh, you know, like the Ferrari drivers say maybe when uh, when they're winning, that would be funny. Okay. <laughs> um, so like um, um, let let's go with like uh, uh, this is a great car. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. We are okay. ready. Bring it on. Um, è una grande macchina. È, è una, una grande, grande macchina. macchina. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Oh, I'm yes. on it. I'm on a roll. Like it's a great machine. Yeah. 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 We we also have like um, like the term automobile, which is like uh, maybe like the German auto. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know yeah but like is uh, is that is a term that like you would use more for like normal you know utility cars and mm. you know like uh, common cars machina. Machina. ah so that means machina is a machine yeah, 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 yeah. Proper, yeah. Proper, yeah. It's, 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 more, it's more like guys a, you know. i wasn't too bad yeah this time you did more because i was telling people grazie instead of gracias you know i'm italian at heart yeah <laughs> very fun <laughs> yeah anyways thanks marco for joining us on this episode we so, really so good it. and i feel so smart right now like i have so much information <laughs> they also have the same information <laughs> yeah okay we can be smart together <laughs> uh don't forget to like follow share subscribe subscribe way there's subscribe no subscribe the button <laughs> Ah, it's, it's a YouTube. follow button. Okay. Oh, then subscribe on Spotify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and tell a friend to tell a friend to, to tell, tell another, another friend, friend that, that happens in streets. It's, it's here, here to stay. stay. Bye. Bye.